1: strengthened in their faith, and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah,
2: the Son of God. Bless the Lord, and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. with the folks. My name is Shelley.
3: And my name is June. Hi, everyone.
2: It's a pleasure to be with you this day as we continue a theme that we started on Monday, and that theme is divine discontent and holy dissatisfaction. And as we've said every morning... If you leave out the word divine and holy, we're left with discontent and dissatisfaction. However, these could be very discouraging, but nevertheless, if we add divine and holy to these words, we see that it's a their vital ingredients in pressing on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So we want to take what could be negative and turn it into a positive. And that's the way we should be walking with the Lord, not bemoaning what we aren't, but what we possibly can be. Because it says in Ephesians 3.19, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I want to read again from Philippians chapter 3, because Paul's life demonstrates exactly what we're talking about this week. And Paul said, follow me as I imitate Christ. Philippians 3, beginning at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. And here's the verse that we want to emphasize. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That was Paul's call. That's what he pressed on for. And that's what we should all be pressing on for. So we're taking the the, the possibilities that God has given us. And we want to talk about those things. We started with talking about grace and the first thing we read was from 2 Peter 3.18. Grow in grace. And grow in Greek means to be enlarged. We read from 1 Timothy 1.14. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. Have you noticed that everything that comes from God is in abundance? Another version saying instead, instead of exceedingly abundant, grace flooded his life. We also saw in that same verse, 2 Peter Peter 3.18, we are also to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. And we read not just uh, Colossians 1.9, but we read 9 and 10, because it was an encouragement to increase in knowledge. But there's always a reason for doing things. And in verse 10, we saw an increase and in growth in knowledge so that we would walk worthy of the Lord and be fully pleasing in him, being fruitful in every good work. How do those things come about? By growing in the knowledge of God. We then went to the subject of faith. And in Luke 17, 5, we know the apostles talked to Jesus and said, Increase our faith. We spoke yesterday from 2 Thessalonians 1, 3, that faith is called to grow exceedingly in all of us. And then again, what was the reason for that? We saw it in verse 5 in 2 Thessalonians 1 so that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. We just see, Junie, a pattern here that God doesn't give us uh, attributes that are in him just to say we have it, but it's it's all for a purpose to grow beyond where we are now. Have you ever considered the fact that if we grow exceedingly in faith, it's preparing us to be worthy of the kingdom of God? We also need to recognize that without faith the word of God says it's impossible to please him and we have an encouragement in 1 Corinthians 16:13 which says stand firm in the faith so we need to understand as we go on in th- with this theme that divine discontent and holy dissatisfaction should be a cry from our hearts for something more it's aspiring and desiring more God Less of us and more of him in our lives. So let's go on to another aspect of this. Let's look at the subject of love. And if you have your Bibles, turn with us to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we want to look at verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. I'm reading from the New King James. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. And now here's the beautiful part of this, verse 13. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Junie, so we see here, just to love one another in and of itself is a wonderful way, and love, You know, without love, what do we have? We're like a clanging cymbal. But listen, let's listen to these verses again. Now may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. So that, here's the reason we should be abounding in love, that He may establish our hearts blameless in holiness, before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Many of us are living for the return of the Lord. That should be as it was in the first century, a passion, a desire, an aspiration. Lord, return. Come, Lord Jesus. How can we be prepared for that day? Here is the reason that we need to abound in love to one another. Now, Junie, naturally speaking, Uh, that doesn't make natural sense. But, you know, God's ways are not our ways. They're so much higher. His thoughts are so much higher. But by doing that today, we are preparing ourselves and God's establishing our hearts blameless before our God and Father for the coming of the Lord Jesus with all his saints. What an encouragement, Junie, to really abound and increase love one toward another.
3: There's also a chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, Shelley, that speaks of the characteristics of love. And, you know, there are three words for love, eros, philia, and agape. And uh, one cannot enter into agape love, which is the love of God, unless you're born again. And his love is everlasting. And the qualities that are explained in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love is never envious nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vainglorious does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of evil done to it, pays no attention to or suffering a wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. And that's the description of only one's love, agape, that's God's love. And for in order for God's love to endure in us, there has to be less of us and more of the Lord. We need to decrease that he might increase in our life that verse thirteen of chapter thirteen of First Corinthians might be understood in a deep way to us, which says, and so faith, hope, love abide, faith, conviction and belief, respecting man's relation to God and divine things, hope, joyful and competent expectations of eternal salvation, love, true affection for God and man, growing out of God's love for us. These three, yes, but the greatest of these is love.
2: Amen. What can we say? We, <laughs> that's so lacking, and yet that's such a vital ingredient in all of our lives. Otherwise, I think we've said it before, we become like a clanging cymbal with there's no life in it.
3: But what's encouraging in your teaching, Shelley, is that it is a divine discontentment yes or a holy dissatisfaction if you or i are not experiencing that kind of love in our life mm-hmm. because then it becomes eros which is really. sensual uh or philia which is familiar right. and friendship, friendship right. or family but the love of God is the only thing that endures forever. And that's Amen. what uh, the first century believers and many that followed over the 2,000 years who were martyred for the Lord had an enduring love because God's love is enduring.
2: Amen. As, as we close, Journey, it says in First Thessalonians 4, verses 9 and 10, Now as to the love of the brethren, You have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed, you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. Yes, sir. I don't know anybody who loves too much. I know God's love is enduring. And God wants our love, that, that agape love, to endure. And without love... We're nothing. So, Father, we thank, thank you, Lord, you, Lord. And we pray for divine discontent yes. and holy dissatisfaction yes, to become part of every one of our lives, my God. That
3: we, might love that we would you press love, on Lord. in
2: all areas, Jesus. that you would increase and we would, de- we would decrease so we could manifest you more and more. We pray this in Jesus' name.
3: Amen. Amen.